Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We're looking at Matthew 13, finishing up, and we're looking at what's called the kingdom parables, and there's seven of them. And in these parables, Jesus revealed secrets that were hidden from the beginning of time. We talked about that in lesson one. Uh, He revealed the church age. Nobody knew there was going to be a church age. What's the church age? That's when God uh, put the Jewish people on hold, and he reached out to the non-Jews. And we're in that era now, that age right now. It's a great age and time, Lord, uh, to be in for us. And he revealed how the enemy would attack us as Christians. That was lesson two. He revealed how he would attack the church, counterfeit religions, counterfeit um, Christianity, and counterfeit doctrines. And today, we're going to take a look at what I call timeline secrets. And we're going to talk about how it's all going to end. We're going to talk about the last seven years on the Jewish time clock. It's interesting. Daniel was taken captive into Babylon, and he prayed, and he said, God, um, what, what is the future of your people, Israel? What's going to happen to us? I mean, that's a good, good question, right? And so an angel came and gave him the timelines. And this angel said, from the command to rebuild the walls and the temple in Jerusalem, there will be 70 weeks. And scholars will tell you the 70 weeks, each week equals seven years, or it's 490 years. So he says, that's when... I'm setting the clock for Israel, and they will have 490 years before I come back and I rule on the earth. And so at the 69th year, he said the anointed one would come, the Messiah. And and so that happened. Jesus came, right? And then he said there's one week or seven years left, and he went ahead and put it on pause. He just put the whole thing on pause, and he stopped it. So it's it's fascinating. Uh, Let me say this to you. I didn't say it to first service, but I should have. Um, What I'm about to teach you today, what I'm going to say in 30 minutes, guys, um, I could teach a whole semester in a Bible school and and, and to do it justice. A whole semester, uh, I could teach it five days a week. That's how much material there is. And and, uh, so I realize most of you haven't spent thousands and thousands of hours studying the Bible like I have, tens of thousands over... um, the last 40 years. And I was recently, uh, Gina was showing me how to work a software that her and Pastor Ryan have spent a year immersing themselves in. So I've been in meetings where they're using this software for productivity, and uh, but I haven't run the meetings. And so she's showing me how it works. And I have to say, slow down, baby. This is all Greek. She's going to just do this over here, do this over here. I'm like, hey, I haven't spent uh, a year in, immersed in this baby, you know? So we had to slow her down a little bit, but uh, I know that's how it could feel right now, right? It could feel that way. So Artaxerxes, he's, uh, you know, overseeing Babylon, the king of Babylon. He gives a command, and his command is that Nehemiah, in 444 BC, by the way, he gives a command that Nehemiah could go back with the Jews and begin to rebuild the walls. And at that time, the Jewish time clock, that the angel came, the angel came to Daniel and said, 70 weeks, 490 years, it began to tick, guys. So I I made it concise, uh, and again, here it is. According to what God showed Daniel about the future of Israel in Daniel 9, 20 through 27, and if you read that this week, you'll probably need to read after a couple commentators too to help you. It's deep. There is a a one week left on the, of the 70 weeks of the Jewish calendar, 
Uh, a week equals seven years. The last week was put on hold after Jesus died and was raised from the dead. The church age was inserted between the 69th and 70 weeks. It's one of the secrets he revealed to us. Jesus alludes to this in several of the kingdom parables. The 70th week or the last seven years is also known as the great tribulation period. And so uh, scholars will tell you, Jewish scholars too, they, they all know about the 70 weeks of Daniel. Now they will disagree that the anointed one hasn't come yet, the Jewish people that don't believe in Jesus. But Christian scholars will tell you, yeah, yeah, the, the church age was inserted. Jesus shocked everybody. And we know that from these parables that he's talking to the church and about the church in the parables. So it's, it's really exciting. But something else happened too. We're in Matthew 13. In Matthew 12, Jesus began to have it out with the Jewish religious leaders and the Jews that were rejecting him. It's an interesting chapter. It's fisticuffs guy. He's having it out in words with them. And uh, he says, the men of Nineveh will rise up against you because a Jonah who was swallowed by the big fish, he came, he, he preached and they repented. And, and he said, one greater than Jonah is here and you're not repenting and you're not believing in me. He said, the queen of the South who came to see Solomon's wisdom, he, he said, she came all that way to see Solomon's wisdom. One greater than Solomon is here and you're rejecting me. He said, that generation, the queen of the South, they're all gonna rise up in judgment. And he's beginning to turn his back on the Jewish people. He's beginning to say to the Jewish people, why are you rejecting me? So after he says all that, he says this in Matthew 12, 43, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. So it's like, it doesn't fit if you just read these, these, these two verses. Like Jesus, you're, you're talking to Israel. You're kind of rebuking them for turning their back on you. Now you're going to talk about casting the devil out of someone. But then the next verse uh, let's us understand why. Verse 45, then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Okay, Jesus, if someone doesn't accept Christ, they have a devil cast out, they don't accept Christ, that demon will try to come back with his buddies. Okay, we got it, we got it. But why did you say it? Well, here it is. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. Jesus is rebuking them for rejecting him. And he's about to turn to the Gentiles, the church. He still loves Israel. He's still working with them, but there's going to be a shift. And what's interesting is right after this, someone came up to him and said, Jesus, he's in a house. Someone comes up to him and says, your mom and your brothers are outside. They want to see you. And he said, who's my mama? Who's my daddy? No, he didn't say the daddy part, but <laughs> who's your daddy? But, but he didn't say that, but he said, who's your brothers? Who's your sisters? And, and then he says, whoever does the will of God, that's who my brother is. That's who. And he's talking about accepting him as savior. And he's just letting us know the church age is, is about to come. And then in Matthew 13, verse one is very interesting. Um, it says on the same day. So right where all that rebuking of the religious Jewish leaders and, and the Jews that had rejected him, says on the same day, Jesus went out of the house. Now, most scholars will tell you, there's always one or two ornery ones, but most will tell you the house represents Israel. He's leaving the house of Israel. He's turning on them for a season. He's gonna put their time clock on hold. And he sat by the sea. Now the sea throughout the Bible, and you see it really strong in the book of Revelations. You know what the sea represents? The Gentile nations. 
And he's just turning from the Jews at this moment for, for, for the church age. No one knew it would be 2,000 years. And then there's still seven years. The tribulation period, guys, that's going to be when he turns back to the Jews and he does amazing things during that time. But guys, this is our time and that's why we're sharing Christ with people and doing everything we know to do. Um, and Jesus is now reaching us. So, and then he gives us these seven parables. We're going to look at... Um, two and a half of them today, and I think we'll have a great time. I'm going to talk about the rapture today, and I know there will be some of you that won't agree with me, and that's okay. Aren't you glad the rapture is a minor issue, not a major issue? So we can agree to be uh, to disagree, right? But we can disagree without being disagreeable with each other. So uh, remember, have that, have that attitude. Uh, Father God, if I'm wrong, show me, but if Pastor Joe's wrong, show him, right? Um, and, and take that position of humility on every part of the Bible. Um, I, I believe what I'm about to say is true as far as timelines go, but that's okay if we disagree. And again, I, I'd need a whole semester in a Bible school to prove every point I'm about to make in now, what, 20 minutes? So, so uh, guys, I have a big idea for this lesson, okay? It's what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever, and it goes like this. Every individual on the planet We'll hear about Jesus just before Jesus returns. Or God's going to give everyone an opportunity to come into the kingdom, right? Now, you might think I'm talking about now. I'm not. The church, we are preaching to the whole world. I believe there's going to be a revival before Jesus comes back for the church. Uh, all that means is, guys, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. I, you know, the world we live in is going bonkers, but that's okay, guys, because the more bonkers and sinful the world is, the greater God's grace is going to be poured out through the church. And our goal is let's bring as many people into the kingdom as we can because the world's falling apart. That's okay. And can God make the world better? I think he can. I don't know if it, he will. He has done it over time. It's gotten worse. He's made it better. I never know when it's the last time and he's going to come back for the church. I don't know, but it doesn't matter because we're here and we can bring people with us into the kingdom. But this is talking about the last seven years of the Jewish time clock, this, the seven-year tribulation period, guys. And it's going to be the most incredible time of evangelism this planet's ever seen. And it's going to be supernatural. So we'll have some fun looking at some of that. Here's our first parable. It goes like this, Matthew 13, 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. So I could take a week or a day at least and talk about Israel's the treasure in the Bible. They're the treasure, so we know that. And the field is the world. We know that from the parable of the tares we looked at last week, right? So Israel's hidden in the world. They're the treasure. But then this is cool, which a man, the man would be Jesus, found and he hid. And this is showing us Israel's going to be put on a shelf. That last set of 70 weeks is going to be hidden. But what did he do? And for the joy over it, his treasure, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. And this is just Jesus dying for the sins of the whole world. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad he died for us, right? I'm glad he bought the whole field. I'm glad, you know, Israel's the apple of God's eye, and good for them. I'm happy. Jerusalem is his favorite city. I would have picked a different city if I was God, but he picked Jerusalem, right? And I'm just having some fun. You know that. But, um, uh, but you know, I get all that, God, but what about us, guys? And, and, and then to see... Oh, he reached out to us too, man. He died and all of us can believe and come into the kingdom. We can come part, become part of God's family. So he's letting us see, I'm gonna take Israel and hide them, right? And I'm gonna reach out to you guys, the church age. And of course, the other parables show us 
there's going to be a church. But here's what's so cool. When, when the church is taken out, and I'll show you why I believe that in just a minute, we're going to start to clock back, and those, the last week, the last seven years, will begin to tick. God's full attention will go on Israel. Now, guys, he's still working with them today. He protects that nation, and he loves that nation. But as far as coming to Christ, we saw in lesson one, they're blinded to Jesus for a moment. So we love them. We're supposed to pray for them, love them, and so on and so forth. But, but guys, um, there's going to come a time when he reaches back to them, and then he's going to have the gospel preached supernaturally. Here, here's the first supernatural way the gospel will be preached. Uh, the two witnesses, you probably have heard about them, right? They're just two guys. Most people believe it's Elijah and Enoch. And here's why most scholars believe that. They never died. They went to heaven without dying. Isn't that pretty cool? God took Enoch and he was no more. And Elijah went up in a chariot. They didn't, so they believe since they didn't die, they have to come back to die, right? So most scholars believe they're going to come back and, and they're going to die. Um, the two witnesses will preach the gospel with signs and wonders for the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. And these guys are remarkable, whoever they are. Some people believe Moses might be one of them because he brought plagues. But listen to these guys. Um, uh, for three and a half years, they're going to prophesy and preach the gospel of Jesus, guys. And you can't kill them. I just want you to think about it. They can't be killed. I've shot with some guys in the church and somebody always brings a really powerful gun or two. And, and I've shot some guns that can cut trees in half. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. They'll shoot some of those kind of guns at these guys. You can't kill them. It won't, it won't even hurt them. And the Bible says, whoever tries to kill them, fire will come out of their mouth. That's going to be crazy, huh? Fire will come out of their mouth. And, and they have the ability to stop the rain from falling, and they have the ability to bring plagues. That's why some people think Moses might be one. God might decide to use two rookies, two guys that he never did anything with, because he's the one giving them the power, right? And so we don't, we don't know exactly who they're going to be. But I want you to think about this. The Super Bowls will still go on, right? So it's Super Bowl Sunday, guys. Everybody's having a blast. And the church is up in heaven. We're, we're at the marriage supper of the Lamb having a blast ourselves. And maybe I'll watch the Super Bowl. Maybe Cleveland will be in during that time. I don't know. Leave it to Cleveland to wait till the seven-year tribulation period to get him. But, but, but who knows? Who knows? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> the Super Bowl will be going on. So you have millions, hundreds of millions. I think it's over 100 million people that watch it around the world. And then the two witnesses show up and they're like, oh, they're going to ruin the Super Bowl now. And, uh, and, and, and they're going to prophesy whatever they, we don't know what they prophesy and they're going to preach the gospel. Guys, that's how much God loves the world. All the cameras will be on them and these guys will be preaching. Three and a half years, they're going to preach. And at the end of the three and a half years, it says the beast, the devil himself comes up out of, out of the pit and he kills them. And then it says for three days, they're not going to move their bodies out of, the, out of Jerusalem and the cameras will be on them, and people are going to be sending gifts, all the leaders saying, ha-ha, we killed the two prophets. I knew they could die. And, and then after three days, a voice from heaven is going to say, come on up here, and they're going to resurrect and go to heaven. So they, they, they get to die. They never died on the earth. They get to die, you know. But guys, supernatural time, that's how much God loves this world. I know there's seven bowls, seven trumpets. There's judgment, but at the same time, there's loving God. And this next one to me is amazing. Revelation 14, 6. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth. Wow. Um, that's, you know, Jesus died for your sins. If you believe in him, you'll be saved. That's the gospel to every nation. So this angel 
He's going to preach to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made the heaven and earth, sea, and springs of water. Now, this angel is 14, 16 feet tall, I don't know, majestic. They're in the spirit realm, so you can shoot them with a missile. It, it won't kill him neither. But I was just thinking, I, I like to think these things through. It's New Year's Eve in Times Square, right? And you've got a million plus people there, and then people are watching from all over the world, and the angel shows up. Again, he's going to ruin New Year's Eve for these dear, dear people, right? And, and uh, what does he do? He preaches the gospel to them. He just preaches the gospel to everybody breathing on the planet. How many of us can say God really loves people? Every individual on the planet will hear about Jesus before Jesus returns. And so now here's one way we know the church isn't here. Do you know that during the church age, angels are not allowed to preach the gospel? Did you know that? How about Cornelius? Uh, an angel showed up to him uh, and talked to him, and then he showed up to Peter, but the angel wasn't allowed to share the gospel. Peter had to be sent to, to share the gospel with Cornelius. Angels aren't allowed to preach the gospel in the church age. It's just another way to see, hey, the church, where are we at, right? Well, we're not here. That's where we're at. Um, but let's look at the, uh, the next one. Uh, and, and I just want to show you some cool things with the, this parable. Um, Matthew 13, 47, this is the end of the seven-year tribulation period. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea. So he's talking about when Jesus returns and decides, who gets to live on the earth and begin the thousand-year millennial period with me, right? Uh, and, he, and, and gathers some of every kind. So those big nets, they get all kinds of fish caught in there. And then verse 48, which when it was full, they drew to shore and they sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but threw the bad away. And we're going to see a pattern. When Jesus comes back to set up his kingdom, the church doesn't go up because we're gone. But guess what? The bad people are thrown out and the good people get to stay. It's like the parable of the goats and the sheep, right? Um, Jesus puts the sheep on his right hand and he puts the goats on his left. And they say, when did we treat you that way? He said, if you did it to the least of my brothers, you did it to me. And so the goats have to go off and, and they're gonna go into fire. And then those good people, the ones that don't take the mark of the beast, the ones that are good to Christians and Jews during that time, they get to stay on the earth. So uh, notice Verse uh, 49, so it will be at the end of the age, the angels will come for separate the wicked from the just and cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So when that moment comes before Jesus starts his thousand year reign, people will be thrown into the lake. At the end of the thousand years, everybody's brought back and they stand before the great white throne judgment. Verse 39, this is uh, the end of, of the tares. It reads like this, the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. We read that last week, but we stopped. Here's verse 40. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age, when the Jewish time clock, seven years are up. And, and notice, the tares are gathered, and they, they're thrown into the fire. Verse 41, the Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness, not exciting. Verse 42, uh, if you didn't accept Jesus, it's not exciting at all. Verse 42, and we'll cast them into the furnace of fire. And I asked them to put the heat up 
10 degrees today in all our, our services, just to, a little more hell, fire, and brimstone preaching on me. Verse 42, and we'll cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be welling and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous, notice the good people get to stay, will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let me tell you some, some cool stuff. Um, I believe we'll go up, and I'll, and I'll show you here in a moment. Uh, and when we're caught up in the rapture, and it's going to be a cool time. Um, then the seven years of the Jewish time clock, the 70th week begins. Guys, uh, it's going to be an awesome time on planet Earth when, when, when that all happens. But then Jesus is going to begin the thousand-year reign, and he has to decide who gets to stay here. And so the people that get to stay, they're going to be in human bodies like we have now. That's going to be interesting, right? And they're going to die, but they get to start out, and then their kids and their grandkids and their grandkids, and Jesus will reign on the earth for a thousand years. The Bible says we'll rule and reign with him. It's going to be pretty fun, huh? What I like about it is the president, the king, whoever it is, the queen of every nation once a year will go to Jerusalem and bow before Jesus, and he will reign on the earth. That's going to be cool, guys. Uh, we'll have presidents that are, they've they, they, given their hearts to Jesus, and he'll do that for a thousand years. A th just think about the generations that will come and go. And then at the end, the great white throne judgment, and we go into eternity. So let me give you some reasons why I believe the rapture's at the beginning, not at the middle, not at the end. And that's where no one doubts the rapture. First Thessalonians 4 says we'll be caught up. That's the rapture. It means we'll be caught up in the air. Um, but let me give you some scripture. 2 Timothy 4.1. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. So now we see multiple judgments. We see Jesus appearing, which is, that's the air. And then we see his kingdom. That's the beginning of the thousand-year reign and the end of the thousand-year reign. That's when everybody's pulled out of the fire. Everyone's pulled, uh, and, and we stand before the great white throne judgment. But guys, we're going to be judged at his appearing. And so when Jesus comes for his church, we'll stand before him, and he's going to reward us for how we lived our Christian life. And just think, Christians that lived a thousand years ago, they'll, they'll be raised up. It's going to be an amazing time. But what I like is what comes after the judgment, the a judgment seat of Christ. Then there's the marriage supper of the Lamb, guys. And none of us will have to go keto at that. None, none of us will have to worry, can I eat carbs? Can I eat carbs? I'm going to grab olive oil and just... I'll pour a cup of it on my food, you know. It's just going to be amazing, right, guys? And I don't know how long it's going to go. Some scholars think it might last the whole seven years. I don't know. We're going to have a great time, though. It's going to be a great feast. And you don't have to worry about your blood sugar or and nothing. Salt, put all the salt on you want. We're going to just have, I'll probably say, Jesus, could you get some McDonald's fries? I know it's not on the menu, but I really like him, and I stayed away from him so long. Can you just get some fries? And I think he'll bring them up. We'll have some fries too. So, so guys, he talks about his appearing and his kingdom, but listen to some of these verses. Colossians 3, 4. When Christ who is our life, notice he's appearing for the church, right? Who is our life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And 1 Thessalonians 4 talks about we'll be caught up in a moment and in a twinkling of an eye. If we died, we'll be caught up our bodies. Listen to Titus 2.13. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, and the Bible talks about us looking. Jesus said in Matthew 24, he said, no one knows 
the day or the hour of my return. And then he said this, I don't even know. He said, Jesus, he says, only the father knows. And then he said this, he said, I'm going to come as a thief in the night. Now guys, if Jesus comes in the middle of the tribulation period, we're going to know, we'll, we'll know, hey, we'll know as soon as the Antichrist shows his face, we're in the trib. If he comes at the end, do you know what happens in the middle of the tribulation period? The Antichrist stands up in the temple in Jerusalem and he says, I am God. And the Bible shows, I mean, the math is all there in the book of Revelation. At that point, we have three and a half years left. So how can he come as the thief in the night at the end? Uh, we're all going to know he's coming. It's like, oh, he, I just have to hide from these crazy people for another two years and Jesus will be back. It's like, there's no thief in the night thing happening. Now, the Bible says we should be ready, right? So that means, guys, we live like he's coming today. And do you know every Bible prophecy has been fulfilled concerning Jesus being able to come back to the earth? So there's nothing holding them back but the right amount of people that come into the kingdom. So I don't know when that's going to be. It could be tonight, but I'll tell you what, it changes everything. I'm a disciple of Christ. You know, I, I've made a decision since I've been a Christian, picking up my cross and I'm following Jesus, right? And as a church, we want to make, we want to make a group of disciples that's making disciples. We're so excited about uh, where we know God wants us to go as a church. But guys, when he comes back, I just want to know I'm living for him, right? That's all I want to know. And so he can come in any moment. I remember when I was a young uh, Christian, bef before I got married, my, here was one of my prayers, guys. Jesus, don't come till I get married. I, I want to experience marriage, right? And, and then when I got married, I said, Jesus, don't come till we have some kids. We want to have some kids. Just hold off, Jesus, hold off. And, and, then, and then when we had kids, I said, don't, don't, don't come till they have kids and we have grandchildren. I want to experience grandchildren. And now my prayer is, Jesus, my body's tired and old. You can come today, man. Come as soon as you can, right? Don't, don't those prayers change as we get a little older? Well, come, Jesus, come. Now, now notice 1 Timothy 6, 14, uh, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing. And so, uh, guys, none of us will ever be perfect before Jesus comes, but he wants us to live our life full blast for Jesus. And so we're, we don't know when he's coming, so we, we live like he can come tonight, right? I want to show you the last parable. It's so cool. It's about the church. And it's, remember, every individual on the planet will hear about Jesus before Jesus returns. Matthew 13, 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Now, a merchant in Bible days, it was a businessman that had a fishing business. And this particular one's going out looking for oysters to find pearls, verse 46, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and he bought it. Again, I could take a week on this, right? I could take a whole Bible school day on it. Uh, guys, the church is the pearl, Israel's the treasure, and we are the pearl of great price. And so the church of the Lord Jesus is that pearl. And what's interesting is how a pearl's made inside an oyster. A pearl's made when a, a little irritating stone gets inside an oyster. And then to deal with the stone, he begins to build the pearl. And what's cool about the pearl is um, it's built one layer at a time. So Jesus is the stone the builders rejected. So the church is built on Jesus. But then it says, we're also built on the uh, prophets and the apostles and the early church. And every generation, guys, we're a layer of that pearl. And I don't know how big the pearl is going to end up being, right? But it's big. It's billions of people have accepted Christ over history, right? And 
We are the pearl of great price. And I love what the Bible says about the pearl. We're going to be presented to him, guys. You know how we wear pearls on our wrist and maybe as a necklace? Um, But guys, we're that pearl, the church. And Jesus is building us, and it's awesome. But I want to close with a cool scripture. This is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, and it reads like this. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And if I'm going to teach on marriage, I always talk about this kind of love. But let's look at what he says about the church. It says he gave us, uh, up his life for her, the, the, the church, to make her, the church, holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. So guys, none of us are perfect in our lifestyle. We're growing, we're striving. We're trying to stop striving to be pure and overcome different things in our life. But I'm 64, turned 65 in December. I know you thought I was um, 61, huh? And I surprised all of you. But, but yeah, I'm well, it's three years older than you thought. But um, guys, I still haven't perfected every area of my life. Isn't that terrible? But it isn't terrible, it's humanity. And until Jesus comes, we'll all be working on things. But, you know, in Christ, we look different than we really are. And verse 27 goes on to say, he did this to present her, the church, to himself as a glorious church without a spot or a wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. How does Jesus look at you as an individual? How does he look at us as a church? holy, without a wrinkle, without a blemish, and perfect. You are the pearl of great price. And so I think it's a good way to end. We talked about the juice and their clock being put on hold. We talked about those last seven years. But guys, let's end with this pearl, man. You are the pearl of great price. Jesus is building this church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against this church. So over in Boardman here in Warren, online in the chat rooms, can we say thank you, Jesus? Can we just give it up for him? He's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. And we, we should pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. and Let's pray, Father. We love you. We thank you for your word. And Father, all of us are a different part of our journey with you and it will never be over, but in Christ, we are holy and blameless and perfect. But Lord, as we bow our heads and we pray, and we talked about being ready, being ready. We talked about you coming as a thief in the night, Lord Jesus. We're so excited you're coming as a thief in the night. We want to make sure we're ready for that moment. And so, Lord, as we pray, we just take, take a moment. We say, if there's anything in our life, we can do at a higher level to pursue you. Would you show us, Jesus? And we thank you for doing that very thing and for showing us. And I'm going to go on, but as a Christian, can you stay in an attitude of prayer online in Boardman, guys at TCI, um, here in the room? And just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. He's so good. But maybe you're with us or you're watching online and you're not sure of your eternity. That's why Jesus died. He's going to send an angel to preach that for the last seven years. He's the two witnesses. That's how much he loves this world. And now the church is preaching it, right? It's our responsibility. And if you're listening, you say, you know, Pastor Joe, I can't remember a moment in time where I made it real and I accepted Christ, but I'm ready to do it today. I'd like to pray for you. And we're all going to be in different categories. When I met Jesus, I didn't believe God existed. I, I turned my back on him. I didn't think he existed. 
I was mad at him because I had a brother that died young and, and I was only 19 and I was mad at God for letting my brother die. Or you might have lived in church your whole life. That wasn't me. It doesn't matter. All of us have to come to a time where we see Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and accept him as our Savior. If you're listening, you say, I'm ready to do that. Would you pray with me right now? And the rest of us, can we help them pray? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained, and I need a Savior. I repent of my sins, and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe. This day I call you Lord and I accept you as my Savior and I make a decision to follow you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.